WQHT HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Good morning, New York City, Tri-State, United States, and everyone joining us around the world via live stream on Hot97.com and our free Hot 97 app. It's Sunday, March 29th. 2020. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and I'm so glad you're joining me for the special two-hour live broadcast as we continue to fight to survive the coronavirus crisis, learning what we can and supporting one another. We're taking your calls on 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And on my Instagram and Facebook pages, at Lisa Evers with that blue check mark. Leave me your questions and comments. Um, right now, if you heard some of the news that's happening this morning, we are clearly in an unprecedented time for everyone in all sorts of ways. For example, if you're trying to drive up to Rhode Island and you have New York license plates on your car, your vehicle, expect to be pulled over by the police or the National Guard. They don't want people from New York there. So check that out. And then Governor Cuomo really uh, clapped back at President Trump. That's the only way to say it when he suggested quarantining the entire state of New York, meaning nobody goes in, nobody goes out for 14 days, which was would have basically par- it would paralyze the city even more and really cause a tremendous amount of I, I would say trauma and even death possibly because people things could not come in essential goods essential services even food so the president now says he pulled back from that and as of this morning the CDC is issuing a travel warning uh, for people coming to New York State because of the high rate of coronavirus cases here. Um, last night, the coronavirus death toll topped 2,000 here in the U.S. with the number of lives being lost, doubling every day. We're going to break that down for you with our special guest, Dr. Manny Fambu. We also just had the first reported death of a baby from the coronavirus, the first priest from a coronavirus. And we're hearing a lot of, uh, about a lot of firsts. And, you know, we talk about the cases, the number of cases every day, but each one of these numbers represents a human being. Right now, there's more than 120,000 cases in the United States, more than half of those right here in the tri-state, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Everyone has questions. How long will this go on? What kind of risks are there for each of us? You know, especially for our healthcare workers and first responders, especially for our essential workers, people who are on the front lines. And shout out to all the drivers, to all the people working in the grocery stores and the liquor stores and the, you know, pharmacies, to all the security guards keeping the buildings open so that we can all do our work and, and get the word out to you. We're going to take your calls, your questions, one 800 223 9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Uh, joining me again, once again, to help us understand what's going on is Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. Uh, Dr. Manny, as we call him, is a medical doctor with an MD and MBA. He's an entrepreneur, medical futurist, as well as the author of the best-selling book, The Future of Healthcare. So he's got a very unusual, big-picture perspective of everything that's going on. Dr. Manny, thank you for joining us. Thanks um, for having me. Help us understand, because we, we heard, we keep hearing these numbers going up, and now the numbers of deaths, and now the U.S., you know, we're rising to the top, unfortunately, of the country with the most number of cases. Where are we in this? Like, people want to know, when is it going to end? How bad is it really going to get? Correct. Those are all great questions, um, Lisa. So, as you mentioned, we have over 120,000 cases uh, right now um, in the country, and we have slightly over 2,000 
that's nationwide. A majority of those are within New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, right? Um, so we are in the epicenter of uh, of, of this uh, p- pandemic, which is pretty scary, you know, being in this case. I understand um, a lot of the listeners might be very concerned. And to put this into, into perspective, um, if we take uh, between uh, February 29th, when we recorded the very first death uh, from coronavirus um, in the U.S., until last Thursday, we had about a 1,000 deaths, right? Within... Between Thursday and Saturday, we had an additional thousand people that died from this. So this number jumped, doubled, a hundred percent within like a twenty, like a forty-eight hour period, which is very scary. So this is so because people were saying, "Oh, we're seeing more cases," uh, you know, we're seeing more cases because the more people are being tested. But when you're seeing, we're seeing actual deaths, and we're we're hearing about a little baby. We have heard about this this teenage teenage uh, child of the Uber driver in California. We're, we're hearing people that were not originally in that initial group. W- what do you see going on? What is happening is one, we are learning more about the disease. Um, another reason for the jump is last week we talked about this incubation period uh, with, the, with, the, with the disease. I mean, with the virus, right? We, we talked about this 14 day period. When you have a 14-day quarantine, because that's the whole incubation period for the for this disease. So, previously, when we started off in February, looking at the first death, we had we're, we're more relaxed about this, right? We didn't take this seriously. And what happened is we had a lot of people that got infected within that period, and then they end up dying within a short amount of time. So you see those numbers going up. And the key question, um, like you asked, is when is this going to peak and when is this going to stop, right? Uh, which is what everyone is concerned about. The truth of that of that matter is we don't know. It depends on how we actually follow, you know, the social distancing rules and how we stay at home and we follow those restrictions, right? Because if we do that, we stop the spread of disease. And then if we do that, then we could reach a peak and then we'll be able to control it going forward. Now, Governor Cuomo, we're going to take your telephone calls. Phone lines are open at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And uh, Governor Cuomo said the, 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 the rate of, of cases in New York City, that, that I mean in New York State, that that was starting to slow down. But yet the overall number continues to increase. I don't understand that. Correct. So if you look at, uh, if we talk to people about what happens in New York, right? New York has done significant numbers of testing, right? We've done more tests than any other country in the world has ever done. The more people you test, the more cases you're going to find. Remember there are people that have the virus that don't have symptoms, right? And so if you look in general and you say, hey, have you been tested, Lisa? Or have I been tested? Probably not. Why? Because we don't have symptoms, right? Right. But if we were to get tested... Thank God. Right. Yes. Thank, thank God for that. Yes. If we get tested, we might you might be a carrier of the virus, right, without showing any symptoms. So the more you test, the number will significantly go up. So don't get concerned about the number of people with disease. Let's look at people. Number the most important part of number of people with disease plus symptoms. All right. And then in terms of the, in terms of the in terms of the deaths that we're um, in terms of the, the deaths that we're that we're seeing. And, and, and these numbers, what are, pe- are people actually dying from the coronavirus or they're dying from because they, they can't breathe from it or because there's other things going on? Correct. So when you have the coronavirus, um, the most severe case, you, you end up with pneumonia, right? And so you, basically what happens is your lungs get congested, right? You have inflammation, feel like you have a very bad cold. If you ever had pneumonia before, typical kind of pneumonia that you have. And so there's no air passage uh, going through it. And so people that are more susceptible to this are people that have comorbid conditions, right? And so we talked about the elderly. So age is one factor. 
they would talk about things like asthma, right? Which are, which are a lot of people with asthma. Kids have asthma. Especially in the city, yeah. Correct. You know, asthma, especially air pollution and everything else, right? right. So when we talked about this, and in the city, uh, you find a lot of those. And then uh, majority of patients actually in New York uh, City that actually died uh, from this disease had diabetes uh, and heart and heart conditions, uh, right? So that puts them at higher risk. So think about it. If you have any kind of uh, emphysema, COPD, which is diff- any kind of lung disease, and you have heart failure where your heart is actually weak and you can't pump enough blood, right? And now you're congested. So you're at higher risk of actually recovering from the disease than if you're actually a healthier person. Now we're here at 1-800-223-9797. Uh, this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. With us in studio, Dr. Manny Fambu. And uh, we're taking your telephone calls. Let's go to uh, Russell right now. Russell, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. All right, we just lost him. Um, call, call back 1-800-223-9797. Our, our, our phone lines are open. Dr. Manny, in terms of the, the frontline workers, cause we, we've gotten, I've gotten so many text messages, messages on my Instagram, all of these things about, you know, gas station attendants in, in the state of New Jersey, they have to pump the gas for you. It's not like New York where you, you can do it yourself. They're concerned because they're there. They're getting the card from the person. They're going to the, the person's window. A lot of them feel they should be wearing masks. They should be wearing gloves. It can't hurt, right? No, correct. It definitely cannot hurt. And uh, I think it's a good way to look at to look at this. Just your frontline workers does not only mean healthcare workers, right? Um, if you're an Uber driver, you're a frontline worker. If you're delivering food, you're a frontline worker, um, right? So if you're at a gas station, you're a front locker. I mean, you're, you're a frontline worker. And last night, I got a very interesting one. I was just online uh, cruising over some uh, Facebook uh, websites, and I found out that you have correctional officers uh, being uh, s- some of the people that are being forgotten in this battle, right? They still have to go up to jail, and they have to work in prisons and others, right? And and you have people being arrested, and you have uh, about breakouts in certain jails, <laughs> right? And, and, uh, and also, they're releasing some prisoners. In fact, we're going to get an update later on in the show from Tina Luongo from the uh, Legal Aid Society and the work that they're doing, because we've been getting a lot of calls, because there's a very high infection rate among inmates in the city jails and uh, we're going to get an update from her about that but we're going to take a short break this is street soldiers with me in studio uh, dr manny fambu 1-800-223-9797 everyone that's hanging on i so appreciate it hang on we're going to get to your calls right when we come back this is hot 97 street soldiers hosted by lisa evers Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Uh, we are broadcasting live another two-hour special. Thanks to our Vice President for Programming, our Senior VP for Programming, P.O. Farrow, and our whole Team Lisa and our whole Hot 97 Street Soldiers team here. Um, getting it together. DJ Stacks keeping us on the air and I is here producing and taking your phone calls. Dr. Manny Fambu with us here in the studio. He's a medical doctor. He also has an MBA, a physician, and a lot of experience uh, also looking at these problems and issues from a global perspective. Uh, Dr. Manny, we've got a lot of people that want to get in on this. Let's, let's go to, uh, Sandra right now. Sandra, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. My brother, um, was tested positive. He worked for the post office. He was tested positive for the virus. And um, he called emergency to try to come in because he had diabetes. When he he had the chills, the, the body aches, um, the cough. And um, because he doesn't have an appetite, his, his sugar is high. He called emergency to try to go in. And they told him he just has to sit this out at home. How do you get help? And I believe that a lot of people may be dying because it's hard to get help. 
how do you get help for this virus? All right, um, Dr. Manny, Sandra's ta- talking about her brother had diabetes. He went to the hospital. <laughs> and then, Sandra, they just told him to go home? He tested positive. Well, he the, right, so he tested positive. They sent him home. So he called back because he wanted to come in, and they told him he has to sit in isolation at home. He doesn't fit the requirement. And what state is this? New what's is this? New York State. This is New York State. This is Kings County Hospital. Did he have symptoms? He has the symptoms. I even called myself and spoke to someone in the emergency room. They gave me a number to call three one one. I called three one one, and they had information if um, he needed to be tested. I said, "Well, he was tested already. What do you do?" Because the emergency room gave me three one one. They told me to call nine one one. You can't so walk what, so, into wait, the so, room with wait, this is important. So he goes, he goes, goes to uh, in, in Kings County was where my mother was a registered nurse. So I, I'm really con- and a lot of people is very important hospital, especially in Bro- for for Brooklyn residents. In terms of the so he, your brother go he has di- he has diabetes, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he's already in the high one high risk category. He goes to the hospital to get tested. Correct. He did the walk up at Kings County. He got tested um, Friday. Okay. They called him today with the results and told him he was positive. And he's you know sickly, so he called back. I believe it was Tuesday to try to go in, and they told him to call three one one. But he had this terrible cough, the trouble breathing, the high sugar because there's no appetite. But, um, you know, why are they telling him to sit at home in isolation? And they gave me, I'm sorry, 311 number to call. Okay, the only thing, Sandra, I don't don't understand. I don't understand that. The only thing I can think of is that I I know from, and we're going to hear from an emergency room uh, doctor a little bit later in the show, is that the city hospitals, especially the city public hospitals, have been Mm -hmm. just, have been packed. So they just may not have had a bed for him because there were other people that needed to go right away on a ventilator or something like that. Correct. And even in that situation, so you mentioned a key item uh, as a new symptom since we last discussed uh, last week, right? We talked about fever, um, you know, we talked about shortness of breath and everything else. But we know now that the loss of smell and the loss of taste um, is a symptom, right, uh, that pe- some people experience when they have uh, this infection. So that's pretty standard. And your diabetic patient, and if they have fever and symptoms, I think that should be a high priority and high on the triage list. Right. And we do know that the city is overwhelmed, like you have enough beds. Uh, I think um, on Monday, it's a naval uh, ship actually coming down to uh, Pier 90. Um, right. And this is what, and Governor right. Cuomo has been on this from, the, Governor Cuomo has been on this from the beginning. Correct. Saying, listen, we're going to need more beds because as this, I guess, I don't know what the medical terminology is, but as this crest, right? Correct. You have the, um, you know, you're, you're going to, a lot of people are going to be very, very sick and they can't take care of themselves at home. They they need they need to be able to breathe. They need the machines. Correct. And that's the biggest um, issue right now, right? We talk about needs, right? And um, Governor Cuomo, for example, one of the biggest arguments he was making was that not every state is affected in the exact same way, right? Um, right. New York City is already crowded, right? And we have the most number of cases in the country. Um, healthcare workers are, over, are burning out, right? Uh, we don't have enough beds. Left and right. Correct. And so that's why the Javis Center, for example, is being converted into a hospital. Into four, four, four mini hospitals within the big hospital, a thousand beds. The ship is coming in. 
Uh, correct. But for the caller, I would advise uh, that your brother should probably go back in <laughs> to a hospital, like physically go in, right? Don't call, just walk into the hospital. With the, right. with the symptoms and, and just tell him he's having trouble breathing. Correct. That's where the hospital is. That's where the bed is, right? I mean, if, if I had a family member that had... You know, I would drive him. I would walk I would him there, to take him there and just not leave until you get him in. Correct. Yes. All right, Sandra, that's what Dr. Manny's saying. Thank you very much for the call. And I, and I hope your brother uh, get, gets the treatment and the care he needs. If you want to continue this conversation, you can shoot us a quick email, street soldiers at hot97.com or hit me up on the dm on instagram at lisa evers uh blue check official let's go to uh trini right now trini hi you're on hot 97 go right ahead yes um i just want to ask a question about um first responders i love them my wife took my wife had a vacation and everything else she took she she, she took away the vacation and she went back to work but the thing i i, I asked him what I ask him is just like, how do we, or what do we need to do to make sure like the kids or the family doesn't get in, you know, I mean, as, as she's working with people and everything every day, um, she's doing her best. She takes up, she, you know, she takes up her clothes and makes sure everything on the school, you know, and do everything else. But I'm just wondering what as we, as the family of the first responders supposed to do as to protect ourselves as for, you know... Basically, how does she not... And and I'm glad, Trini, thank you very much. And thank you for your your wife's service and also for the sacrifices that your family's making at this time. But this is an important question, and let's get Dr. Manny to weigh weigh in on this. First, these first responders, they're out there. How do they protect their families when they're coming home? How how do they make sure they don't bring anything with them home? That was a great question and something that we don't talk about, uh, right? Well, we're talking about it. <laughs> correct, which, which, which people don't talk about in general, and uh, which, which is true. Um, you know, I was at a hospital, for example, you know, uh, last week and, and this week, um, you know, under a lot of patients that are probably exposed. But if you look at healthcare workers in general, the way you are trained to do your work is to expect that you might get contaminated or something like this happens. So it becomes day to day for you. So people tend to be able to protect themselves with it, with PPEs, right? Which right. is a personal protective equipment, which we have shortage of. That's a different story. Well, we're <laughs> right? going to get to that too, but, I'm sure. But correct. But definitely, I think that family members are at increased risk. Of course, they are at increased risk. So, but, so basically, when they come home, it's like you, you talked before about like this decon, you know, like they, they come in the front door and then they just, everything comes off there and you're right in the shower. Correct. So um, when I go to the hospital and I get home, the very first thing I do is take off uh, my clothes and throw them in the washing machine, right? Um, and take a shower immediately. And so that way you're washing off everything from you if you had any touch on your clothing because we know that this lasts on clothing. We talked about this last week, right? On cardboards and in the air and based on what kind of fat, what is metal, tables, right? So we know... And, and we don't know how long it lasts on those surfaces. C- correct. And it lasts on, for different time periods based on the surface that you touch, right? Um, some for two to three days, um, you know, cardboard for like 24 hours. So um, in the air for about three hours. So we have different um, est- estimates of how long it lasts. So the first thing I advise is like to the caller is... If your wife comes home or your partner comes home, um, they're exposed by the gas station workers or wherever you work, or retail, grocery stores. When they get home, the first thing is just get your clothes uh, washed and then take a shower. All right, we got a lot of questions. Dr. Manny, Manny Fambu with us here in studio for Street Soldiers. Special episode on the coronavirus crisis. We're getting the right information to you, accurate information, so you can stay safe as we go into uh, what are probably the worst days of this coming up ahead of us. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers.
Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers, two hours live on the coronavirus crisis. Joining me in studio, Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. We call him Dr. Manny for short. He's a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA. He's the best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. He's a medical futurist as well as practicing physician. And Dr. Manny, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to uh, Hansel. Hansel, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, me and my fiance are essential workers. And, uh, you know, I we're, we're a little nervous because of everything going on. And uh, just I'm, I'm basically always in cars and stuff like that and you know she's also she's a healthcare worker so i we're always around stuff and you know they're running out of supplies at the in the hospital and stuff like that and i'm you know i'm just, I'm just really nervous about the whole situation all right hansel in terms of your personal safety or just in terms of like like mentally in general well personal in terms of like how you can protect yourself and your and your partner Yes. Yes, I, I think the shortage of uh, equipment has been one of the, the biggest challenges that we are facing, right? It's completely unacceptable, right? That we. It is completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable, right? Even in China, if you look at the essential workers in China, they're covered head to toe with like perfect. You know, protective clothing. equipment. Yeah, exactly. And we don't have that here. I mean, that's completely, completely unacceptable. And so I think. Uh, that's one of the things where, uh, like today, I had some friends reaching out to me. Uh, they're collecting PPEs, uh, to, you know, to donate. Um, you know, the volunteers and they're collecting right. this equipment for free, uh, you know, to donate to, to um, healthcare workers, right? I think it's very important. I, I think uh, your healthcare comes first, right? And that of your family. So I don't think you should definitely put yourself at risk. If you make sure you have face mask and you have gloves on, if, you know, if you come in contact with people, but at the least you should have a face mask. And then um, if there's nothing else around, please just make sure you wash your hands uh, constantly and make sure you don't put your hands on your face. Right? And then what, what about, I think what Hansel was getting at also too, he, he's, he's there with his wife or with his partner. They're both, they're both out there. She's, she's working as a nurse. He's, he's in transportation. He's a car, a driver or whatever transportation. He's around people all day, you know, all shift long. They come, home then do they have to like one of them has to sit on the couch the other one has to sit like six feet away or can they just since they already have been living together do they assume that if one of them has it there the other one automatically has it because well, that's another question correct we're so, so, so i think the great the, the great thing here is like can you kiss them goodbye in the morning or you know yeah before you leave if you, if you got <laughs> from bed in the morning and i'm sure you could kiss them you could kiss them goodbye right but um once you get back from work, I think one of the first things uh, you should do, like I mentioned, you want to take off your clothes and make sure you wash them. Um, and if you don't have a washing machine, because you know a lot of our New York City apartments don't, I, what, what I what I do is it goes into the plastic plastic garbage bag before it goes to the laundromat. C correct. So that's um, the, the basic concept being that um, you should make sure that you don't keep the same clothes on once you get home, right? So once you get home... Exactly. And go so, sit on the couch and correct. go sit at the table or whatever. Correct. We just decrease the risk, right? That's the best we can do. So once you get home, like when I get home today, that's the first thing I'll do. Like take off my clothes and, exactly. uh, and put them away and then make sure um, you, you wash your hands and uh, keep yourself clean. Everything. I, I think, and yeah, shoes come off at the door. Correct. The shoes definitely come over the door. <laughs> All right, 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to John right now. John, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing? So I work for New York City Housing Authority. and uh, Okay, night to worker. All right, thank you. Right, and uh, we were recently told that, one, 
uh, we have no choice. We have to go into these apartments, even if the resident has coronavirus. They're telling us we have to tell the resident to go in another room and complete the work. Now, to me, I feel like I'm still at risk. Everything's airborne for three hours. It stays on surfaces for up to two, three days, I've heard. And we're getting minimum PPE. They, they actually just gave us uh, an email the other day stating that they're not going to be giving out any more masks for any reason whatsoever. I, how would I? How would you go about? Okay. This? Well, for, first of all, okay. So, so for, first of all, the mask. Just, just we we keep we always talk about this, but I've pretty much seen everybody in New York walking around with masks on. And the masks are not going to stop the coronavirus, correct? But it's a good idea. We don't know, right? So in, initially, at if, this point, if you remember when when things first started, uh, when things when you know we got we started getting educated in January, February, right? There was this whole campaign about oh, you don't, don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask. But that has changed because we've learned a lot more about the disease, right? And so now it's actually encouraged. There's a New York Times article uh, that is that uh, Crink sent me that is actually encouraging people to actually uh, put on face mask, uh, right? And the reason is we know this lives in the air, right? We talked about this, right? With, I mean, last week when someone coughs, for example, um, you know, you know, you could drop on something, but if you're close to someone, uh, that might get on you. That's the whole reason behind uh, you know the social distancing rule, right? It's around this idea of coughing and things. So if you feel sick. It's highly encouraged that you put on a face mask, so at least when you cough, it stays within. It doesn't jump up and land on the table or something. So it's not even so much. It's 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 not even so much like. Well, obviously, if somebody coughs, you're gonna. It's gonna protect you from that. And if you're coughing or whatever. It's protecting the other people too. Correct. So it's even beyond that, right? So if, if you cough um, from a face mask perspective, or you don't have a face mask and you have a cold and you sneeze and it goes on the tabletop, right? Or it goes on your hands, right? Um, and Alisa has that, put on that gross face on, right? Like, ah. <laughs> right? So, so that might go on. Some so there's two ways of why. It's true. You, that's correct. why we're wiping everything down here. Correct. If, if I leave my that's home without putting a face mask, I, 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 I get in trouble, right? <laughs> so I need to put a face mask. Listen. Not necessarily just for myself, but. To protect other people, right? I might be a carrier of the virus and I sneeze on something and someone else touches uh, that surface and then gets infected, right? So um, for that reason, I, I encourage trust, face masks. Trust mask. me, everything here has been wiped down multiple multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. All right, let's go to uh, Susan right now. Susan, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello. Hey, uh, is this Susan? No, it's Carl. Okay, Carl, what's your question or comment? Well... I truly want to know if it's possible. When do you believe this will all end or come to a close end? Good question. That that's a question everybody wants to know, Doctor Manny. What about that? It's anyone's guess, right? Um, we know the incubation period um, for coronavirus is uh, fourteen days, right? So if you've been exposed, um, if you stay uh, isolated for fourteen days, then your, your risk of exposing other people actually goes down, right? And so that's the reason why we're saying everyone should stay home. If everyone follows the rules and everyone stays home, and no, and uh, we, we, then we could actually reach the peak, and we know for a fact that, okay, we've, pack, we've picked out, and that everyone has a disease within two weeks, then there'll be no one with the disease. But we know not everyone follows the rules, <laughs> right? And so because of that, uh, our best guess is uh, we don't know. I mean, that's the actual answer. But uh, to have to have a roughly. mindset, a roughly period. I mean, this would take a month or two, right? So this is not something that will be a couple of weeks uh, still. So this, so this lockdown that we're in is not going to just be a fourteen day lockdown. It's probably going to go on for longer. Most likely, 
most likely. Correct. Because you look at places like California, they haven't picked yet, right? If you look at uh, what happened the last two days, right, where we had numbers double um, within the last 48 hours to 1,000 more people, right? We have over 2,000 people today. If you look at what happened in China, for example, even though China actually went down in the last uh, couple of weeks, they actually been spiking because people are traveling back to China, right? <laughs> people are getting China and right. not getting people more infected uh, because people are traveling in into right. China. It, it basically, everything has to just go, get shut down until they can get caught up with the people who are the most seriously ill. Now, correct. And, and to, be, to, to put it in perspective, you look at places like Spain and Italy, right? You have uh, cases where people, like 700 people are dying per day, right? Just like insane numbers, right? So we are not even there yet. So even in Italy, it's not picked out. In Spain, it's not picked out, right? And so you look at what happened to these countries, and they had it before us. And so I think we, ha- we have uh, at least a month or two ahead of us. Oh, wow. People don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. Let's go to, right. uh, let's go to Linda right now. Linda, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. What's your question? I work work for an essential business store, and we're still open, subjected to all these people still coming in. I was wondering, when is everything going to shut down? Okay, that's that's an excellent that's an excellent question too. Thank you very much, Linda. It, are we going to get to the point because President President Trump was like, we're going to shut down, you know, we're going to lock down New York, and then. You know, uh, Governor Cuomo clapped back on that and said, no, you know, this, that's not possible. The federal, federal government can't tell the states that. It's going to be an act of war. He actually used that terminology, but is that really what's necessary? Correct. I mean, if you. From a medical standpoint, not, not politics. Aside. Yeah, not correct. From a medical standpoint, um, yes, that's what, exactly what should happen, right? Everyone should literally stay home and no one should get exposed, <laughs> right? And then that's how you cut it. But it's not practical, right? right? It's not practical to say everyone right now has all the water and all the food they need at home, right? So right. Some, the grocery stores need to be open, right? Uh, we need uh, to transport goods between states. So gas stations need to be open. Um, hospitals need to be open because people are going to get sick. So you can't literally shut down every single thing. But what we can do is look at what happened. Uh, to other places. So let's look at China, for example, in Wuhan, right? What happened in China where you could, you, you, I mean, the whole Wuhan area and the Hubei province was actually locked down. People could not leave or enter, right? Right. And so they cut down the disease. Today, people are moved, going into Wuhan, right? And so people could travel. Yesterday, I saw pictures of people actually traveling back there. So those things happen. We could look in the future and see what happened to these places and we could guess what happened, right? So what we can do is, uh, the best we can do is mitigate things. Two weeks ago, we went to New York, I went to any grocery store. You could walk in and buy whatever you want. Today, you have uh, markers on the floor, right? You have to right. get long lines. And outside people grocery. waiting outside, yeah. Correct. So I think we'll see a lot more of those as opposed to having complete shutdowns of grocery stores. And this will be a new way of life. I want everyone to think about this, right? So this is not something that's going to change after the virus is over. This really? Is, correct. I think this is like, we talked about this, Lisa, uh, last week. This is like the 9-11 um, you know, in the healthcare space, right? This is a worse Right, because everything changed after 9-11. Before 9-11, you could walk into an office building in Manhattan. Now you have to go to a desk. You have to have ID. You have to get, you know... There's security guards, there's barriers, Correct. all sorts of things. Or going through airports. A plane or even Correct. a plane, going through right? Airports, right? Now taking off your shoes, uh, taking your laptop, and what, we're getting wiped. So it, annoying. Correct, just part of traveling today, right. right? And so we get used to that. So I think going forward, for the very first time in the history, of, in, our, in our lifetimes, where healthcare, we are going to be more proactive about healthcare, right? Because... Remember, there'll be no point where 100% of coronavirus is completely gone, right? right? Out of, out of earth, right? Right. And so someone is going to have it at some point and we know how contagious it is. And so we are going to be proactive, pro, like going forward. If you look at even in China today, um, you, you will see even though um, the, the rates have gone down significantly, which is where we'll be in a couple of months. 
People are still wearing face masks, right? It just becomes part of uh, where you live. I know, and I, and I want to talk with you later in the show, toward, towards the end of the show, just about about the future and things that can be things that can be done in this whole concept of emergency preparedness. Because it seems like, you know, with with this mask shortage and this equipment shortage that we're seeing, it's really. You know, we, we got to do better. We can definitely do better. Because we didn't take it seriously, right? right. Uh, yeah. And, and so before, when you heard about what's happening in China, the idea was, well, China is not equipped enough, right? And so that's what happened. And we heard about Italy. Right. And then he goes, oh, yeah, the Italians are not probably not, they don't have the best health system. Actually, Italy actually has a very good health system, right? And if you look, so now it hit us now in the U.S. And we're like, hold on, what's happening to us, right? It's hitting right. New York City and right. it's changing our lives. This is a global lockdown. Right. They always used to go, America has the best health care system in the world. That's why people come from all over the world here to see our doctors. And, and then we find out we can we don't even have masks and gloves for, for, for the frontline workers, correct? And for our nurses and for our, our frontline workers. Okay, let's take a let's take a quick call here. Let's go to um, let let's go to uh, Daniel right here. Daniel, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Daniel. Um, so, so um, I am a healthcare provider for autistic children. Um, I'm an ABA therapist, um, and. Part of my job entitles me to go to other people's houses in order to um, give these kids their home-based sessions. Um, now, I'm just wondering if that is a safe environment for me to be in in order to um, slow down the uh, the spread of this virus. Um, and um, also, would I would I be qualified as an essential worker in that case? I believe I believe you are. There's a there's an actual there's an actual list. Um, if you go to to uh, New York State NYS.gov, there's a list of what are the essential, what's considered essential, and I believe, I believe that you would. I can't, I can't say for sure because it's a home home care situation. But um, let's see what Dr. Manny has to say in, in terms of what 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 advice can you give him in terms of protecting? Because you have to be close to the child, also too. It's not like you can sit six feet apart and. Yes, exactly. That's right. It's literally a hands-on type of job. It, no, it is. And you are an essential worker, right? I mean, these yeah. kids need you, right? And right. so your, your services are extremely valuable, right? Let's not forget that uh, for everyone's baseline, everyone is completely different, right? We talked about mental health last week uh, on this same uh, show, right? right? And, and I think those kids need you and they depend on you and your services, which is great that you are actually going out there to, to help them. No, I think it's fantastic too. Fantastic. But should he be wearing a mask? Should he ask for the other family members to leave the room when he goes into the home? Should he... Of, of course. Any I, tips and sanit- bring his own sanitizing stuff. I would say this to all, you know, we're getting a lot of calls from, from, from frontline workers, essential workers. If I'm understanding you correctly, and, and I would just say, if you're not getting what you need from your job, just try any way you can by any means necessary to get that protection for yourself. Because yeah, you need to keep working. No, you, you do. And I think you should look at every time you walk into any home as that's a possible risk, risk risky area, right? Because people are coming in and out, right? And that's, that's on one side, the environment that you're walking into but don't forget you are also going from house to house to house so you're actually putting those kids also at risk as well you put yourself at risk right so it's, it's on two sides here right? right so the best way to do it is to assume that everything around you is contaminated right and you become more proactive about it as opposed to being reactive all right this is street soldiers i'm your host lisa evers uh, with us in studio dr emmanuel fambu dr manny i'm taking your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797 when we come back we're going to find out what it's really like in an emergency room here in new york city right now we'll be right back this is hot 97 street soldiers hosted by lisa evers 
Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, a special live episode of Street Soldiers. And we are t- helping you navigate your way through the, this coronavirus crisis. Joining me in studio is Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA, best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. He's also a medical futurist, practicing physician. Also joining us on the line is Dr. Shanine Lalani. She's an internal medicine hospitalist at community hospitals here in New York City. And and uh, one of the big questions, Dr. Manny and Dr. Lalani, do we have her on the line here? Okay. Oh, where is she? Okay. Here we are. Okay, great. There, now we got Dr. Lalani on the line. Um, Dr. Lalani, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me, Lisa. So listen, um, we're, we're joined in studio also by uh, Dr. Manny Fambu. And we're, one of the questions we keep getting from the callers is about this: who should get tested, first of all. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about that? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, CDC has created some guidelines and what we refer to them as a priority list of patients that have to get tested or that should be get, getting tested because of the resources we have regarding testing. So the first one on the list, priority-wise, are hospitalized patients, patients that are admitted into the hospital with really severe symptoms, and we're trying to figure out what is it that's causing their disease to be so severe. And so those are the number one priority. The other one that are on the number one priority list are healthcare workers, especially the ones with symptoms coming to work in the front lines. They have to be tested because we have to make sure that first they are safe, um, and also that they're not spreading the symptom, they're not spreading the disease to other patients that they're taking care of. So that's the one number one priority of patients listed on their list. All right, and then the second you- priority, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sure, no problem. The second priority is on the CDC website specifically says patients that are high risk of complications. So those are the ones that are, you know, 65 years and older, the grandmas, the grandpas, patients in nursing homes, the ones that are immunocompromised, you know, with cancer, lung disease, heart disease, kidney disease. So those are the number two priority. And then the third one is, you know, individuals in the community. And it specifically says if resources allow, especially individuals in the community that have a high hospitalization rate in the community. So that's kind of the priority list. Okay, but in, in terms of, in, let, let's just talk about symptoms real quick, okay? Because you're in the community hospitals. What about the symptoms? Yeah, so, you know, there's definitely trends we are seeing symptom-wise after taking care of several of these patients with COVID-19. The number one symptoms we are seeing is fever. A lot of these patients have very high fever. Anytime there's a viral infection near your body, your body's response is a very high fever level. You know, fever is considered anything above 100.4, and these patients are coming in with 101, 102 fevers. And the other most common one we're seeing is cough and difficulty breathing. But I have to tell you that after seeing a lot of these patients, we're also starting to see other symptoms, what we refer to as gastrointestinal symptoms, which are diarrhea, abdominal pain, cramping some patients are coming in with a loss of taste a lot of loss of smell um, but the symptoms what when we get worried the symptoms we get actually very worried about are the ones where they start having trouble breathing so you know they feel like okay their lungs are starting to get worse they're having this persistent pressure and chest type pain um, they're starting to get confused especially elder adults 
Um, and then they start showing signs of what we call hypoxia, which is low oxygenation levels with bluish lips, change in color. So those are the most common symptoms we're seeing. All right, Dr. Lalani, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we know you got a busy schedule there, but thank you so much for being with us um, and helping us understand it and get our way through this. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, thank you. All right, let's go to Steve. He's been hanging on for a long time. I know people are hanging on for a long time to get on, so uh, Dr. May, let's try to take some telephone calls. Steve, uh, good morning, and thank you for joining us. What's your question? Good, good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Doc. I I, uh, I just kind of wanted to see if you guys would address the question for me. I uh, So I'm a, fr- a frontline, I guess, essential employee. I work for a, uh, I'm a supervisor for the police department. I'm an officer. My fiance is uh, a nurse at a pediatrics ER. And well, my question is, well, my, my, my fiance is currently pregnant. She's about 25 weeks. Um, and she's not, she's not due till about July, July 12th. So now the hospital under these circumstances, obviously with the coronavirus and whatnot, um, they're not willing to sign her out, um, on medical just yet because it is too early. However, she is deemed to be, uh, uh, immunocompromised. So we just don't know what to do, whether she quits her job, uh, should she, I mean, she can't, she doesn't have any sick days or anything like that to give her paid time off, which she's already blown through, uh, to give her 12 days. And she's set to go back to work tomorrow. And they're running out of equipment, they're running out of masks. And she's six uh, months pregnant. She, and she's six months pregnant. Yeah, she's six months pregnant. So we just wow. don't know whether she just goes to work, toughs it out, and, um, and hope for the best or you know you mentioned she was immunocompromised so she has a separate health condition or just she, no well i guess i mean again i'm i'm i leave this up to you guys I, i'm no medical personal but right. you know they say that obviously she's pregnant um that you're uh, more susceptible okay. that you know yeah i guess that's what they're saying is she's more susceptible but she doesn't that. have any other so, pre- any other condition no. she doesn't have any pre she like tested. she was tested and came back negative thank god thank god but you know She's just going to keep going to work and and be exposed to. I mean, she's at an ER. Are you, con- are you concerned about her she's health e- or the health of the baby? Or both? Well, or both. I mean, both. Okay. Really, both. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess the CDC hasn't said anything about how um, it affects a pregnant woman or the, the 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 fetus or anything like that. So we're concerned about the baby or when it is, if you know, when it's born. If she, if she's going to be, um, it's going to be a girl. She's going to be sick. Congratulations. Uh, or. You know, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unfortunate circumstances, but I mean, it is it is what it is at this point. We just don't know how to go forward with it because of the fact that, you know, she is a healthcare worker. Um, her hospital now that she's working at, they just said that the adult ER is going to, I mean, the pediatric ER is not going to start taking adult patients up to the age of 30. So now she's going to be exposed to the adult patients as well. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I don't. I, I, we just don't know what to do. Steve, I, I listen. We for, first of all, first of all, we can't tell you what decision to make because that that that's between that's between you and your fiance. Yeah, so or your wife and congratu- congratulations on the on the pregnancy on the pregnancy, and thank you for the work that you're doing as a first responder as a police officer because we know the NYPD and uh, some of the other departments around the country have suffered some losses of officers um, as a result of this coronavirus epidemic. So thank you for being out there answering the calls and and making sure that that large groups are not getting together and that type of thing. But Dr. Manny, in terms of the in terms of what we know about the disease and how how it affects pregnant women and does it affect the um, born child maybe maybe that'll help steve a little bit here no, correct so um the, the first thing is remember this virus uh, came about december 
2019, right? So we don't have very enough. New. Very new. So we don't have enough information about uh, that. I mean, that we could say specifically in COVID-19, what happens in pregnant women. Uh, that, that's, that's one of it. But we do know that COVID-19 um, is from the coronavirus family, right? So we have things like SARS that we've looked at, right? Um, MERS, uh, that, that, I mean, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. So we have other, other viruses that are within that family that we've seen that have been around for a longer period of time. And what we do know is, one is... It doesn't cross. I mean, we don't have any evidence today that says it crosses to the child. Right? So it's not. So it's not like alcohol. It's not like drugs. Correct. You know, like like these drugs where you know we see the babies being adversely affected by that. Correct. So we don't have any evidence to support that, right? And it hasn't happened in other coronaviruses that they cross from the. Remember last time I talked about this thing called the blood-brain barrier, right? Uh, that prevents some viruses and some kind of bacteria to actually transport to the baby, which is a good protection that you have, right? So from so from that perspective, we don't have any evidence to say the baby is at higher risk, which is good. Um, at the same time, I do think that, I mean, just being pregnant enough without anything around is enough stress. A hundred percent. Correct. God bless her. Right, correct. So it's a, it's a very tough period of time, and the stress of it is not, doesn't necessarily put you know, her at, in, a, in a particularly good situation. So I think um, policies need to be put in place to actually, you know, take care of uh, our uh, you know, frontline workers to make sure that they are comfortable uh, uh, personally, right? She should not be worried at this particular time, being pregnant, worried about taking some time off. And, and, and that's the de- that's a decision that, that she and her husband have to make. Correct. Uh, what, what, what's a pri- what's a priority there? Because there's a, with, with this whole thing, there's no guarantee. Correct. At all. And then I, I want to come back to this because, again, more calls are coming in at 1-800-223-9797. If you're, a, if you're an essential worker and your company or your employer, like some of the home attendants, they're not giving you masks or giving you gloves. I would do what I could do, whatever I can try to do to try to get those, my hands on those. Correct. I think you should try. Um, but fortunately, the, the very nice people out there, volunteers, uh, you know, collecting some of these masks. So please, you might contact one of, you know, these organizations online. Just Google right. it and you find some of them and uh, they, they might be able to, uh, to get you a mask or something. Right. But it's important for you to protect yourself. The mask and the gloves. Correct. Right. Even if you get sick, if they don't protect you and you get sick, guess what? Now you're out of work and then now we have more patients coming in and there's no one to take care of them. So it's very important that you're healthy. Exactly. Because they're taking care. They're, they're, they're really frontline, too. Correct. Very much so. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Nina right now. Nina, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Hi, Nina, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Okay, great. Um, so Nina, I'm, listen to it. Please uh, listen to us on the phone, not the radio, okay? Okay. What's your question or comment? Uh, my question is about the guy who just called in saying that they're... There's no, okay, so basically somebody was born with um, babies that had COVID and somebody just said that they, that it's not possible to transmit it to your placenta and that it's absolutely possible. It is absolutely possible and it's, it's wrong for them to be saying that on, on the air. It's completely wrong. Are you a doctor? I'm a, no, I'm a nurse. A nurse? Well, ba- yeah. the ba- baby, can, uh, a baby who is born can catch it. Correct. So what what I said was that the var- unborn child, the virus is very new, so we don't have a lot of information about it. But what we know from the coronaviruses, like the SARS and the MERS that happened previously, we have not seen cases of them transporting through the blood-brain barrier to the pregnant mother. So there are certain things that, that transmit, they're called torches, right? Like taxoplasmosis. If the mother is pregnant, for example, they say don't spend time around cat feces because 
Toxoplasmosis can be transmitted that way, right? Right. Herpes virus. Don't drink. Don't drink alcohol. Don't Correct. Drink all these things. Herpes virus will go. Syphilis, for example, would 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 travel between the blood-brain barrier. HIV. Correct. And what I'm saying is. HIV doesn't. So HIV oh, it doesn't. Correct. That's why if a mother is pregnant, you have HIV. You could have a C-section, and the baby could get an antiretroviral drugs, and they could be negative. Testing positive. If a mother, for example, is infected with the coronavirus and the baby is born, the baby the baby might test positive, but they have antibodies for it, right? So a test is showing antibodies to a particular disease. You know, for the first six months of life. The baby has the mother's antibodies, right? And so that's why babies are protected for that period of time. Then after that, you need to build your own immune system as a, as a kid going forward. So for, at this point, we don't know. There's no evidence we just to don't support know. that it transmits. Right. Because other coronaviruses... Most likely don't tra- not, but we don't know for sure. Correct. To uh, sum it up. Correct. Because and I, like I mentioned, some things do transfer, but it's a blood-brain barrier that prevents things. We have no evidence that coronavirus does transfer. Okay. Let's go to, uh, let's go to David right now. David, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. At this point, we don't know. Uh, hello. Hi, David. You're on the air. Please uh, hey, turn your radio hey, down, and then we can. Uh, yeah, we're happy yeah. to take your question. Um, basically, I'm the exterminator. Um, we're in and out people's apartments, and consistently in different locations, not just one building. And we're in a different um, people's apartments through basically the whole building. If I have like a 24 unit oh, yeah. apartment building. Uh, we're going from apartment to apartment, knocking on people's doors. Everybody's just completely forgetting about exterminate pest control technicians. You know, um, is it safe that we're, you know, being essential workers, you know, uh, is it safe for us or other people? All right, good. We're in contact with people and people's surfaces. And, what about you that? Know, you know, everybody just tends to forget about, like, pest control work. And I, I hear everybody else essential, but... We're in and out people's and you have to be, and you have to have the apartment buildings in New York City. A lot of them you have to they have to have that in the building every month, like on a regular and, basis. And not even yeah, and not even just that. The tri-state area. Sometimes I work in New Jersey. Sometimes I work in uh, uh you know, Long Island. You know, I'm, I'm everywhere. So it's like. <laughs> All right, David. Let me get let me get let let me get an answer from Doctor May because we just got a couple a couple of uh, questions. Thank you. I mean, a couple of minutes. Thank you very much for your for your call. They're going in. They're going from apartment to apartment to apartment. Some apartment buildings, two hundred, you know, two hundred apartments or whatever. What do you think about that? That is um, one of those. It fits in that same criteria what we discussed earlier, right? Right. About about protecting yourself, um, looking at every uh, you know surface around you as being possibly contaminated. So the best thing you can do is put on your, your face masks, uh, put on gloves, and make sure you wash your hands. And and, the, and continue to do your job. Correct. And the whole idea here is to be uh, is prevention, right? That's the mindset. The mindset is to prevent, uh, you know, things. Remember, there's not there's nothing in life that's 100%. Uh, Guaranteed. Guaranteed, and, and, right? and you can't really say, is there any way that even medical experts like yourself can say it's safe or it's not safe? You can just say this is less risky, this is more risky, this is how you reduce risk, right? Like harm reduction or... No, correct. And, and so just like, I mean, even from the previous question, we talked about the, uh, the pregnant mothers, for example, right? right? Is it possible that maybe one mother, something crossed? Of course, <laughs> right? But is it the norm, right? So, so, so it's about risk and mitigation and risk, right? And how do you, is it something that's very common or it's not common? So that's why we you go about doing this thing. There's no 100% guaranteed thing that this doesn't happen, right? So we have to go by that. But just be safe out there and make sure you protect yourself. All right, let's uh, real quick. Do I have time, Stas? Well, real quick. Okay, let's go to, um, all right, I don't know I don't know what your name is, but you're on the air. Go right ahead. Is it Neek? Yes. Oh, okay, great. All right, that is right. All right, thank you for joining us, Neek. What's your question or comment? Um, I'm currently a, a postal worker, so I've, 
far as essential employees, we're considered that um, because we're literally going to house to house delivering medications and everything. And I was, I know that we're more at risk for because we're literally going to every single um, place in the country right now. And what's the best thing that we can do for the postal workers to be able to really not get infected? And can we even effectively do our job, you know, without coming in contact with this virus? All right. Excellent. Excellent question. Dr. Manny, what about the postal postal workers? She has because, you know, a lot of those prescription medications come by mail to people. They, they get the mail to their homes or to their apartments. And she's she's asking what can she do as she has to deliver these things to people, you know, have a pretty good chance of being sick because they're getting medication delivered to them. What can she you know, what can she do? It's one of those things where you uh, you most likely uh, want to get some kind of uh, hand sanitizer, right, uh, with, with you, and it's, it's very uh, important as well. I mean, I'm like a big. I mean, I shop a lot online, and I get a lot of boxes delivered <laughs> as well. And we know that um, like the virus can actually live on cardboard for about 24 hours. Uh, oh, really? On cardboard, correct. So you could li- so you could live on, on a surface like that for a long period of time. So even if someone had the virus and they touch a box and they give it to you and you hold it. And you're going from door to door to door, and you're you're probably high risk because you're meeting people that are probably sick, right? And, right. and so, first thing I'll probably put on a face mask, and I'll make sure that I um and, and I wash my hands. But the best thing is probably put on a glove, and put, if you put on a glove, put on a face mask. Make sure you don't touch your face. Just make it like you know, if you're going doing rounds, I don't expect you to wash your hands after every home you go to, right? And, and it's those, not practical. Exactly. And the, and those latex. The other thing too is those, those latex gloves that they you know that, that come in like a big box that you you know you, you pull out that not the super thick one but like that is is that enough to protect your hands for something like what she's doing you know so she could have a couple pair with her maybe yeah correct so, so so if you have a glove on or you don't have a glove um in, in this particular case of a postal worker right uh, the, the key thing is the glove does not protect you from actually getting infected the idea is don't put it on your face Right, right. So the glove is easier because you have to wash your hands every single time. You could just pull the glove off, right? right. You, and can, wash you your hands. can do you do, you do your route or do whatever you have to do Correct. your deliveries. Correct. And then if you get- have a glove and you touch a box that's contaminated and you shake someone's hand and you take the same hand and put it on your face, you might get infected. Right, right. right? Um, so the idea here is try not to touch your face. All right. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, with us in studio, Dr. Manny Fambu. We're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. We'll be back right after this. WQHD HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Joining me for this special episode in studio, Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA, and best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. He's also a medical futurist. And we're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. Uh, let's go to Romero right now. Romero, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, Grand Rising, everybody on the on the radio station. Thank you for this opportunity to get me on 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 the call, but I wanted to know. Uh, my question is: um, Is it is it airborne? Because we, you know, people are outside, we're walking, no mask, some has masks. But I would like to know if it's airborne. Like, is it in the air, staying around us? All right, ex- ex- excellent question, Doctor Manny. What do we know about that now? Because that kind of changed a little bit too, right? Correct. So we, we do know that uh, you know the virus lives in the air for about three hours, right? It can live in the air. Uh, 
so you have you have mixed data on this, right? There are people that say, well, this is completely airborne, and then the, but then some people say, well, it, it's in the air, but then it drops on the surface. That's what that's what we should be concerned about. I I think um, for like from looking at data around this, I think yes, it is uh, slightly airborne. Um, how how long it could last in the air and how far it can travel is something that we still need to understand um, a lot more. But that's the whole reason behind the six feet social distancing rule, right? If it was not. Uh, if we didn't think there was a risk for being airborne, then there's no reason why we shouldn't be in crowded spaces. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And, and, and those and the, the moisture, the, the what they call in the moisture droplets that supposedly they were like, oh, first that could, that's the only way you could get it. But the only way those are getting, you know, put out there are through the air. No, correct. And, and, and so, and that's one of the great things about having new viruses like this in the air is as time goes on, you get a lot more information about it, right? So the answer, the answer would be, yeah, you need to be, care- be careful. careful, careful about that. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Trina right now. Trina, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. My, my question is, um, if I, if one of my coworkers that I work with every day found out that they have the virus, do I need to be tested? Do I need to quarantine myself? Like, what would be the process for me to do? Oh, excellent question. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for that call. She works with somebody who tested positive for coronavirus. Does she, one of her patients, does she need to quarantine herself? I, I think she should get tested. You fall in that category of being tested, right? Uh, the first category before everything changed was if you were in contact with someone that is positive, then you should get tested. And I think um, if, if you interacted with that person, yeah, I, I think you should uh, definitely get tested. All right, let's go to uh, Ken right now. Ken, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Hey, Ken, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, how you doing? Um, my concerning question is this. Everyone is talking about wear your mask and your gloves, and I see that being done every day. But basically... They're keeping them on all day. I walk in the store, people have the gloves on, they leave out of their store, they take the possible contamination from one facility to the next facility. I mean, I think we should be telling people to change the gloves frequently. Correct. And that's what they should be doing, right? Um, And... Which sometimes, which is the catch-22 here, you said people wear gloves. People wear gloves and they think about just themselves, right? My hands are protected and they don't worry about what happens to other people, right? So remember, this is one of those diseases, it's not about you only, right? right. It's about you and the people around We're you. We're all in this together. Correct. Is that, is that mindset that we have, right? And, and so the idea here is, the way to think about this is don't just think about, am I going to get sick, right? You think about why do we have to, you know, self-isolate ourselves, right? Why, why is everyone locked up at home? It's not because we're worried about ourselves getting sick. It's the fact that we might pass this on to people that are more vulnerable. Right. That might actually, this might become fatal uh, to them, right? Like we talked about this, majority of people that have the virus don't get sick. And they don't die from the disease. Okay, so don't don't panic. So so don't feel as you're seeing. No, this is an important. It's an important Correct. point because we we hear these numbers. We hear these numbers going up. Um, pretty much everybody now by now has had somebody either they work with or a place where they go where there's somebody has tested positive for coronavirus. It's not Ebola. It's not a death sentence. Obviously, for people who are already, you know, suffering from medical conditions and health problems, it's very serious. But is that is that number that they had originally about the the vast majority of people who even test positive for coronavirus will survive it? No, correct. So to, they have no symptoms. Correct. At the beginning of the show, we had these numbers, right? Where well, we have over 120,000 people that are positive for coronavirus infections, right? And we have 2,000 deaths, 
right? So if you, even if you do the math, right, this is like very small percentage of people that actually die from this, right? And so the overall sense is let's let's the reason why we we have to be alarmed is because we want those that amongst us that are immunocompromised, you know, to live. We don't want them to die because right, exactly. we're at higher risk, right? And even if you're immunocompromised, does not mean that if you have coronavirus, you're going to die, right? So or just because you're over 65 or 70 and you have coronavirus does not mean you're going to die. It just means you're higher risk. Right. So we don't want those people to get sick and expose them uh, to this, right? And so the whole idea here is how do we contain this so we can go back to our normal lives? Let's stay home, right? And only unless you're, it's necessary for you to be out, then you go out. But if you do that, then the sooner it is for us to get back to a normal life, to go to concerts and hang out in the parks. That's all we want to do. Exactly. So follow, following the rules gets us there. All right, let's, uh, let's go to Henry right now. Henry, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Yeah, good morning, uh, Dr. Fumble. I know you're a champion of uh, preventive medicine. And uh, my question is, we've heard a lot of prevent uh, of preventive measures from a hygienic standpoint, like washing your hands and uh, sanitizing. Um, however, we've not heard much uh, from a, a nutrition standpoint. So are there any dietary recommendations besides, say, vitamin C intake uh, that we should be looking out for? Oh, excellent question. Henry, thank you very much for that. What about that? Because, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, everybody has their own... You know, a lot of people have their own routines for for dietary recommendations. But are there anything that you would that you would recommend? I mean, we definitely have heard about water because it's respiratory. It's good to stay hydrated. That's a big thing, right? Correct. I, I think that's Henry Fossing, my, my 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 buddy from high school. I think I could recognize the voice. <laughs> All right, <laughs> shout out to Henry. Okay. Yes, hi Henry. Uh, he's out of Chicago actually. Uh, but I yes, it, I I think um, one of the key things here, uh, especially in New York. When I said majority of patients that died had, uh, you know, cardiovascular disease and diabetes, right? So in general, what you eat, especially during this period where people are stuck at home, they have like, you know, light, light exposure, right? You're stuck in one particular place. Right. It's very, very important for you to eat healthy. Um, you know, the default piece is just to eat junk and not take care of it. But vitamins, of course, are very important uh, in terms of boosting up your immune system. If you do get sick, uh, right, right, that's very important. So uh, eat your veggies as usual. Um, eat your proteins, um, but make sure you also eat healthy and exercise uh, because that's very important, not only for your physical health, but also for your mental health. No, definitely. And just because you're at home and you can't go to the gym and if the park is too crowded, you don't want to go out into the park because there's too many people out in the park. There's tons of exercise videos on YouTube. No, correct. And, and, and I think a lot of people are going to gain weight over the period of time, like being at home, right? Yeah. People can go outside. So being able, even walking back and forth in your, in your apartment, I know we're in New York City and you don't have huge backyards or mansions to walk around, right? Exactly. But, but try to exercise, um, eat healthy, you know, um, you know, if you need to take extra vitamins, please do, um, eat your veggies. It can't hurt. It can't hurt. It cannot hurt. Keep your system as clean as possible and as healthy as possible. Correct. And when you grocery shop, make sure you get some fruits as well, right? Uh, oranges, uh, grapes, and just, some of those things to snack on. I stocked up on all that. Anyway, uh, w- this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Um, thank you for joining us for this special episode every Sunday now for the next couple of weeks as we go through this uh, coronavirus crisis. We're live 7 to 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and special Saturday show has been added because we've had so much... Uh, just so much feedback and so much demand for this. And uh, we're on 10 a.m. to 12 noon. We kicked that off yesterday. And big shout out to Fat Joe and D-Nice for helping me get that going. And uh, 
inaugurating the show. Joining me in studio is Dr. Manny Fambu. He is a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA, best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare, and a medical futurist. And one of the questions that we've been getting uh, from you for, you know, from many people is about what's going on in the jails, what's going on in the uh, prisons upstate. We're going to get some information on that in just a moment from the Legal Aid Society. First, let's take a few phone calls here. Let's go to uh, Idris right now. Idris, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Hi, Idris, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm a Uber driver. I just want to ask the doctor the most important how we can prevent ourselves as a Uber driver. What about what about that? Because he's what would you recommend to him? Because he's there. He's got different people getting in and out of the car. There's no plastic barrier like in the yellow cabs in most of those cars. What what about that, Doctor Man? Correct. And when people get sick, they call Uber. Right. Right. So to go to the hospital. To go to the hospital. Right. Especially if you pick up someone from the hospital, drop them off. I'm sure uh, it's an area of concern. So I. I I, I would think uh, one of the key things um, our, our advice is one I'll have a face face mask on um, having um, also a hand sanitizer I think is also um, uh, very good because people talk to you sometimes when you're there right and, no absolutely and the six feet rule it doesn't necessarily apply um, unless you're driving a limo if you're driving the, uh, just a regular car you don't have six feet between uh, the, the person in the back seat and you in the front and they're talking directly <laughs> right to you and you're having a conversation back and forth with people you don't know and tons of people so having a face mask I think will be very um, important uh, if somebody's in the car and, and speaking or if they're sneezing and uh, the next thing I'll do is also we didn't know that this lives on different uh, kind of uh, surfaces surfaces for a long period of time so even if someone is behind your car and you have a face mask and they sneeze, for example, and it goes behind you know, your, the seat of your car or someone is sitting there, your hands on the seat, right? That, those are areas that they could cross, contaminate. Uh, right, and they're things. coming in the car with a bag or with a, you know, whatever. Correct. So what I'll do is also clean, um, you know, the, the door handle. Um, with the disinfecting wipes. Disinfecting wipes, um, right? And we have technology around this, nanotechnology that, that actually protects and lasts a long period of time, right, around this. So you, you could do things like that, like make sure you use very good, uh, you know, uh, desanitizers to, to clean up. But I'll clean up uh, regularly, uh, even for the sake of protecting your other customers, right? If a customer leaves the car, maybe just wipe down that door uh, segment of it, right? But that's it, the best you can do. Exactly. Get some of those. Get some of the, get some of those wipes. Those big big tubs of wipes. By the way, they have them at the Harmon. Fa- I'm, I'm just. I gotta shout them out because sure. shout out to all the girls at the Harmon Face Value behind the counter on Sixth Avenue at Twenty Second Street in Manhattan. They have. They're limiting them like a lot of stores are limiting, but they have those double packs of those those Lysol type of wipes. They're store brand and they're really good. So we're just letting you know that. that correct. Yes. Yeah, so just have like a wipe uh, come in or and actually you know if you have some of those wipes in the car and, be, and before someone gets in, just pass it out the window for them to wipe their hands before they get in the car. Oh, that's a great idea, too. That's a great too. idea, right? Or like those little package ones that, I, that, that we have right here in the studio. No, correct, yes. Yeah, so just pass them out the window and wipe your hands so that you're good. So that if you're comfortable, they open your door, your door is safe, and then when you put your hands on your seat of your car, you're fine as well. That's a, that's a great idea. All right, let's 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 find out what's happening with the uh, with Rikers Island, with the New York City jails. Um, and let's go right now to Tina Luongo. She's in a, the attorney in charge of, the, of criminal defense at the Legal Aid Society in New York. Tina, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for um, covering this really important topic. No, we really appreciate it. And do you pronounce your last name correctly, Luongo or Longo? Yes, Luongo. Luongo. Okay, great. All right, just want to make sure we get it right. Tina, um, a lot of questions from people. What are you finding out about the spread of the coronavirus in the city, in the New York City jails? 
It's unfortunately spreading exponentially. As of um, 5 o'clock last night, we've been tracking the data. Our our team at Legal Aid Society has been tracking the, the data that's available um, publicly, the very little uh, information that's been available publicly. But, but as of 5 o'clock last night, um, the Rikers Island ratio of people who have co- tested positive for coronavirus is seven times more than New York City itself. 10 times more than New York State and 77 times more than the rest of the United States. Um, and it, so therefore, Rikers Island right now is the epicenter uh, of the highest rate of positive testing um, for, a popula- for that population in the entire world. Um, and that's startling and it has to demand more action. Tina, we 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 heard uh, reports and some stories um, that there that there they were not allowed. There was not soap in the housing areas at Rikers Island. That people had to use commissary to get it to get soap. That's and right. that is that correct? That's right. That's right. Three weeks ago, we began to start what when when the information started to build, and the first correction officer was was tested positive. We began to get calls through our prisoners' rights hotline from people who are incarcerated saying, I have no access to soap there. The the Department of Correction is saying, the officers are saying that I have to buy soap through my commissary. There's no hand sanitizer because remember, in New York City and New York State um, uh, correctional facilities, hand sanitizer that has alcohol is a prohibited item. Um, and it changed for the state, but it did not for DOC. So we reached out to the Department of Correction three weeks ago and said, you must change all of this. Otherwise, you are going to have a massive health crisis on your hands. The answer was not that we heard back from the commissioner, but that we heard back from the head of the legal department in writing to say, we are taking care of it. Days later, they issued a plan, uh, a quote, quote, plan for stemming uh the spread, and, and and up until now, there's been no public information for family members who are worried about their loved ones. Tina, that's why we're so um, glad to have you have you on the show, because we've, we've been getting a lot of calls here at Hot 97. I've been getting sure. a lot of questions on, on my social media, too. And I just I want to bring in Dr. Manny, because how that's that's incredibly serious, because people may think, well, they're isolated. They're on Rikers Island, but they're not really isolated. They're actually trapped, right? Because uh, you have, even if... Mm-hmm. Let's say um, you you were in jail before coronavirus came about, right? And and you were not exposed. You have correction officers that are leaving every single day and going back home and being exposed to the day-to-day parts in the outside world. And up until recently, visitors. Correct. Uh, uh, Yeah, and visitors. And so you are literally trapped in a particular location, and then now people come to you, right? And so then you have less rights to actually, you know, you can't necessarily maintain six feet, right? Social distancing rules is beyond your control. Not at all. Definitely not in Rikers. Correct. So they definitely need more resources to actually protect themselves. And then in terms of the hand sanitizer, Tina, that was because it was the alcohol content in the the hand sanitizer, right? Right. Um, And look, you know, uh, we have to recognize, and I I don't think that that the New York City Commissioner Department of Correction, who, by the way, has been invisible 
through this entire thing. Not a public statement, not a statement uh, in the press, nothing. You would think that as a New York City who's, who claims to be a sanctuary city, that our commissioner of corrections would be out in the public on your radio shows, in the media, telling people that, they, that her job is to protect the people that are there. And yet she's nowhere to be found. Well, we would like to extend um, an invitation. So that's really to, startling. We'd like to extend an invitation. But let me let me come back to the to the inmates themselves. So the, these yeah. high, high, high infection rates. And then in, ter- in terms of is there any testing being done on Rikers Island at all? Because we, we have seen inmates, you know, there are inmates testing positive. There's correction officers who are also at high risk, too, because they're going into sure. this population. Then they're going back into the community. They're going back to their families. Right. There's correction mm-hmm. officers that, are, that are, are at very high risk as, as well, too. But um, in, in, terms of, in terms of the testing, like if somebody feels really sick, are they removed, are they removed from the general population? Are they isolated? Is there anything like that going on? So correctional health services uh, is is on the ground to try to deal with figuring out how to isolate. But again, as the doctor said, you know, there's no ability to socially distance. There, there's um, multi, the bathrooms are used by multiple people at multiple times in and of itself before COVID. Rikers Island has been an unhealthy situation. We've been litigating that for 40 years. Um, and so you might imagine that, sure, there is he- health care being done and there's very limited testing being done. But the fact is that it is a powder keg for spread. Um, and every single day those no- numbers go up and, and, and we've got to take some bold action here. So we have, you know, the, the mayor has released some people. We That's have what I wanted to ask you about. three lawsuits. Right. right. What about, could I ask you about that? What, in terms of this policy yeah. of releasing, uh, of, of releasing inmates and, and also I think they're, they're trying to do that in some of the state prisons. What do you, what do you think about that, Tina and Dr. Mann? I want to get both your opinions on it. Tina, what do you think about that releasing, releasing people who are, you know, sure. maybe at high risk too? Yeah, no, that's exactly what we have been fighting for. We filed three lawsuits, and the mayor has, uh, has um, for people who are sentenced already, ha- has implemented a work release program, and we appreciate that, but we need to do more. The state is woefully lagging behind the Department of Correction and Community Supervision that, that manages the, the state facilities, um, haven't done enough. There's no clemency being done for, for our populations who are there, who are elderly, vulnerable and sick so the governor's got to start moving on that um more has to be done and it can be done um and it could be done in a way in which um i think stops the spread and also increases public safety in that our communities are safer for, as well. for everybody too and then um tina in, ter- in terms of the can you just give us because uh we're up against the clock here a little bit but can you just give us the um, any idea on what's going on in the in the prison system, in the state prison system? Because we're hearing some yeah, a lot of concerns not, from family. Exactly. Yep. So for family members, look, we keep putting the pressure that the governor should issue clemencies, that we should be doing release similar similar to what we, what's happening here in New York, but on a grander scale. Um, there's very little public information. Um, coming out of the state system. We don't know the rates. Um, there is no public data available, so it really is walled off. 
again, our prisoners' rights project are on the ground trying to push uh, and figure out what strategies we should use to get people home. All right, we're going to try to get some uh, some answers from the officials and uh, hope to check back in with you. And Please also, do. The, and also the, the your your website. I want to give the, give that out to people if they go Legal Aid Society New York um, dot com slash COVID nineteen. Uh, legal dot org slash COVID-19. There's the graph and there's the daily tracking of what's happening in the city jails in terms of the uh, coronavirus um, cases that are happening with the uh, inmate population. So Tina, uh, Tina Luongo, attorney in charge, criminal defense at the Legal Aid Society. Thank you very much for uh, keeping us informed and, and we really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Um, that's incredible with the prison. Manny, what do you think in terms of from a public health policy? That's got to be, you know, the inmates are usually last on the list of priorities, but really should not be last in this crisis. Now, correct. And I actually listened to the governor of California talk about the exact same kind of issue. Um, right. And so one is if you are letting people out of prison or jails, you could test them to make sure that they're not positive, right? Because you might right. get infected and then you let people on the streets and then it becomes worse. That's one. Two, you have to make sure these people have housing as well, right? Because uh, not everyone leaving jails has like homes to go to. Right. Especially at this particular time, especially in New York City. So being able to take care of those people and make sure we have the right resources to take, to ha- to take care of them, make sure they are safe and protected, um, I think it's uh, something else we need to look at. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to Jen right now. Jen, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are you? Um, good, good. Um, I have a quick question. Um, social media, they have some home remedies. Boiling water, breathing the vapors, and also the hair blow dryer. Put it in by your nose and breathe it in and, and um, kind of killing the virus or or helping out. The hair cool? dryer? I have one of those Dyson hair dryers, which is like 90 miles, 90 miles an hour. That thing would just blow my... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Forget about it. That's like a weapon. Um, so the 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 steam the steam vapor to help you to help you breathe. Okay, let's see what Doctor Manny has to say. Any any others, Jen, that you uh, you've seen out there? You heard about? Um, um, I've heard of uh, um, drinking hot teas, and uh, supposedly the virus doesn't can survive um, in the heat. Oh, that's, that's another awesome. one we've been hearing a lot. All right, let's see what Dr. May says. Okay, first of all, this make, making your home steam vapor by boiling the water over over a pot and then breathing in the steam. Is that good for you? It, it's got to clear your head. It does. So so the same things that you do when you have a cold, for example, right? Those, right. those, those things will, will work. But um, I've seen a lot of those videos. The challenge is they tell you that it, then it, cures, it kills the coronavirus, right? And I've seen right. people make bold claims like, oh, put garlic and ginger and some honey and then you inhale the vapor. And uh, look, virus is gone, right? That's not so. The same things you do normally when you have a cold. We all have colds, right? We, we right. know what happens when you have a cold. So, they have totally. a steam and put like a, like a towel over your head and then right. inhale and that. Yeah, of course you feel a temporary relief. But in this particular case, remember, if you get to the point where you're actually that congested, this is advanced disease. Right. right. This is when you had fever, you had your coughing, your dry cough, right? And then now you have pneumonia, which at that point, with your lungs that congested, inhaling, well, you know, steam will not help you at that point. But this is advanced disease. Right. So hopefully you don't get that far <laughs> to, to begin with. And then the hairdryer thing, I definitely wouldn't recommend that. I think that's just not, I, I don't no, know correct. what that's And, and so that's what I tell everyone to just think about it. What do you do to relieve yourself when you have a cold? This is a, a, a virus, right? I mean, 
And some people like tea with honey. There's a lot of people that swear by green. I swear by green tea. I love green tea. I always feel green better with a green tea. Um, the the ginger, the the, yes. the Caribbean community, our, our, our Caribbean community, which we love so much here in right. New York. They have the very big on the whole ginger thing and everything. That's correct. And these ginger drinks and that's correct. And I'm big into that too, right? And so my sister actually studied holistic medicine uh, for, like for some for some time before she got into traditional medicine, but. And the argument here is I'm not against the idea of, do I think ginger helps when you have a cough? Of course it does with a cold, right? I mean, right. We, these are things that we use on the a The idea is to be as healthy as you can so you Thank don't you. get sick in the first place, Don't right? get sick in the first place, yes. And if you do get sick, yes, steam will help you, you know, like, you know, get out some mucus. But if you have pneumonia, steam is not going to help you. And a lot of these remedies online don't help you. Remember, there's no cure, right, uh, today. I mean, like, no cures that has been tested and shown that it helps in coronavirus. Uh, we could, um, you know, help with the symptoms, like help make sure that takes care of, and then your body heals naturally. If you have pneumonia, of course, then we have ventilators to help you breathe, right? But that's not the case. Another question was around uh, heat and the virus. Right, does the heat kill the virus? Because people are going, oh, I hope it's 70 degrees again. Like, we had that w really hot day, you know, last week. And th th because when it gets really warm, the it's going to kill the virus. Correct. So now we're in winter, and in Africa right now, it's summer. And I'll tell you that this disease is spreading a rapidly in sub-Saharan Africa, right? If you look at places like Cameroon, Nigeria, it's spreading. Yeah, wow. and they currently have hot weather. So if, you, if that's the question of what we're thinking in the summer, would it stop? No. These countries actually have it. And, we, and the hot weather now is bad because everyone just wants to go outside. Everyone's got cabin fever, and they just want to go out and Great. look at florida now right if you look at the rates in florida florida is actually picking up quite quite, quite well i have friends in florida now that you know have uh, you know 90 degree weathers and 80 degree weathers and the rates in, in florida are not slowing down they're actually going up and the governor of florida t trying to keep out new yorkers too correct uh, we're in the we're, we're all in this together here let's go to uh, we'll survive <laughs> we'll survive let's go to uh let's see we got ar right now ar hi you're on hot 97 go right ahead how you doing uh, i'm calling from queens okay now are we hearing that um, there's a um, there's COVID nineteen now inside Rikers Island? Oh, we're more Meaning than people, we're, people we're, it, we're more that we're more than hearing it. There have been correction officers that have tested positive, and there's also been a number of inmates that have tested positive. Okay, and are we releasing our, um, prisoners that have low level offenses? Yes, sometimes they're trying to. Some of them, yes. Okay, I guess you just hung up. All right, let's go to uh, Leah right now. Leah, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Oh, this is a, gu a great question. Leah, go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, I was listening earlier when a lady hey, was Leah, talking about... Hey, Leah, Leah, do me a favor. If you have the radio on in the background, please turn it down. Okay, sorry. Oh, no problem, no problem. This way we can hear what you want to hear your question, and Dr. Manny can hear you. Go ahead. So earlier I was listening when a lady was talking about symptoms... She talked about prioritizing people who are like older in age or whoever who already have like health issues. But there have been patients who've been tested who had no symptoms. Like for example, there have been a few famous people who shared their experience about being tested and they came back positive, but they had no idea they were infected. Excuse me. So like, where does that leave everyone else? Like some people are symptomatic and some people aren't. Like I'm an essential worker and I feel fine, but I'm interacting with so many people. So do I just? wait till things get worse to get tested or like where does that leave me 
So healthcare workers, you have different, uh, if you're a healthcare worker, you are in a different category. So you, you don't fit in the same category as the general population because you're a higher risk of exposure. So you could actually get tested whenever you want to get tested, right? A lot of celebrities like Idris Elba, for example, when he got tested because someone he got in contact with, uh, you know, was diagnosed. They informed him. They informed him, correct. That they were that they were positive. Correct, that he got tested at, at that point, right? And then, um, you know, then his wife got tested because she was clearly next to him, right? In, in that sense. So healthcare workers, yes, you can get tested. You don't need to wait to get symptoms if you actually get a test as a healthcare worker, right? You're in the front line, so you could get tested. All right, let's and let's just go over the symptoms again for people because there's kind of now a, a a package of symptoms or a combo of symptoms, right? That you have to that that distinguish this from the regular flu. Correct. So you have a fever, very high fever. You 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 feel tired. Um, I've heard of people uh, with a disease. A lot of patients will say they had they feel like all their joints hurt. Kind of right, so you get tired this and, and like pain, like overall sense of pain. You have a dry cough. So it's a dry cough. It's not productive cough. So it's a dry uh, cough. And then uh, recently, what we hear in some patients. So those uh, four things I mentioned earlier. Those are the most common things you find, right? Overall. And then the next piece of this is if if you start losing your sense of taste or smell. That's a new one. That's a new one that correct. you bring into us. They're, they're correct, and so that's something that people are reporting a lot more now. I'm realizing that, and people, that's very unusual. That's not like a you know fever or, or coughing or correct. If you're having a Popeyes fried chicken and you can smell that chicken sandwich, then there's so, definitely something wrong, right? Um, if you are tasting and you feel like you have a lot, lack of appetite and you don't necessarily feel like it's a norm and you have fever and you're coughing, most likely you should get tested. And if you have real shortness of breath, you need to take that seriously, like immediately. No, correct. And hopefully you don't get that far, right? Yes, if you're feeling tired and fatigued, they have difficulty breathing, definitely you should do that. Okay, now what, what about this What about this issue? Because a lot of people are using uh, food drive-throughs, uh, food being delivered. They're concerned about, you know, that. Should you microwave that? Does micro, microwaving food kill coronavirus or is coronavirus on food? Because, you know, a lot of people are relying on these takeout and deliveries and drive-throughs. You know, to feed themselves and their families at this time. Correct. Direct from food, I'd probably be more concerned around hepatitis A as opposed to, right? I mean, it, it, hopefully people put on gloves when they make your food, right? But in the case that they don't and you put it on a sandwich, for example, and you eat it, your stomach acids are strong enough to kill it, right? Because it's going directly in your intestines. The acids are pretty strong. To, to kill the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, yes. So most, your, your stomach acids, I mean, remember, you have tons of bacteria and viruses around us in, in general. All the time. All, all the time. Okay, right? but what, what about the drive-thrus? Because the person, even if the, the, the person taking your money and handing you the food has the gloves, you know, they have the, they have the gloves on, they're taking the money, they're, you know, they're having the interaction with every car that comes through that drive-thru. Should you take that food you know, does microwaving, do you think microwaving will kill the virus? Yes, microwaving, will, I mean, there are few things that will survive a microwave for that heat at that temperature, right? And they will. But the concern here is the person that gets tons of cash and people, right? You have cash transactions, and we talk about money being at one of those surfaces where a lot of viruses can be on. So I'm more concerned about the bag itself as opposed to the food. Oh, right? okay. Right, because I'm more concerned about the bag. So the bag, for example, like in my in my home, for example, when we get any kind of package of food comes in, the idea is to open it up and pull the food out and get rid of the bag as soon as possible. Like right, like right away, and Correct. not and not take that bag into the onto a table or Correct. Just take it in, take the food out, 
and the bag. The, you're, you're more concerned about the bag than the food. Correct. But There's microwave will microwave will uh, kill yes, it. hopefully kill that right. And but the, but the bag itself, let's not ignore that because the surface that things could last on longer, right? And so even if someone delivers food, we had like a call earlier from a, from a postal worker, when someone delivers something, they might have something on that bag. So you probably want to just pull the food out and get rid of the bag. Definitely. All right, let's go to Jamal right now. One eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. Hey Jamal, good morning. You're on Hot ninety seven with Lisa Evers and Doctor Manny. Go right ahead. Good morning. How you doing, Lisa? All right. How are you? How you doing, Doctor? Good. Good. Doing great. Um, I had a I had a question. So, what is the safest way that if you know if you need to go grocery shopping? Like, well, what should you like? What tips could you give? You know, to, to be because you know people. I see people touching stuff, putting it back. Oh um, yeah, I didn't think about I mean, that. People coughing and and her by lady I mean, that like, coughed at a grocery store and then they had to give it up thirty five thousand dollars worth of food. <gasps> Recently, yep, she walked into the grocery store and she wow. was yeah, she was intentionally coughing on the food and telling everyone that she was infected. <sighs> That's sick. oh my god, <laughs> yeah. That's really sick. Man. That is sick. That's it. what. What wow. about that, Doctor Manny? Yes. So, what is the best precaution? I, I, I think uh, it's one of those things about mutual respect that you, you just hope that we are actually humans, not animals, right? Even animals are better than some humans sometimes, right? I mean, because the basic concept of the fact that you walk into a grocery store and intentionally cough on food to get people sick, it, it's like ridiculous, right? So, I, I think one of the best things is make a list and know exactly what you want to buy in that store. Go in and just grab exactly what you want and then leave. Right, I mean that's make it. It's, this is not the right time to go to the grocery store and just uh, wandering around and checking out different aisles, right? So if you need, no, exactly. Correct. Have your list before you go in. Go in. Wear your gloves. Correct. Wear your gloves. Put on your face mask. Just grab exactly what you want. Pay for it and head home. And just get used to the way that these stores look now. It looks like everybody's there trying to rob a bank because they're all covered up. They got a hood on. They got the mask on. They got the gloves. Correct. And you know what's more interesting, actually? A lot of these things you can actually buy online today, right? Grocery delivery, like most grocery stores will deliver uh, uh, to your home, right? I mean, yesterday, I was literally searching on like uh, Uber Eats, right, to look for food. And I put in like fried chicken. Don't judge me. So fried chicken. I'm not judging you. I'm not, yesterday. I'm not. And, and I'll tell you what. I found out that's a liquor store that delivered that showed up on my list. And I'm like, what? I didn't know liquor could deliver. Liquor can deliver. You yeah, know, Go- Governor Cuomo kept the liquor, liquor stores store as essential services. It's essential. <laughs> He'll win every election after this. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about one of our mem- one of the members of our Hot 97 family who's been doing some really extra cool things to uh, help his community and our community. I'm Lisa Evers, Dr. Manny Fambu with us in the studio. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our special two-hour live uh, broadcast on the coronavirus crisis, helping you navigate your way through it. I'm joined in studio by Dr. Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA, best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. And uh, he's also a medical futurist. And I got to shout out my brother right here, the one and only Hot 97's own DJ Camillo. What's up, Camillo? Hi, how you doing, Lisa? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Well, for me, it's different because I'm never up at this time. I know. You know, I'm usually out and about (laughs) rocking these clubs, but I'm up and, you know. I'm happy to talk to you. No, exactly. Well, f- well, first of all, yeah, we're going to do- now the international club king has turned into the international quarantine king. 
We're going to talk exactly. About, <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a second, but but first, I, I wanted to get you on the air because you know we're there, there's just so much serious information, and the, you know the situation is serious that that we're all facing right now and dealing with, and I just you know it's so uplifting when you hear about people how people are reaching out to help others, and you know when I when I saw that post that you had on your Instagram about. Um, your restaurant blend Astoria helping the hospital workers and and the people in the community there. I was like, that was so amazing, really amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we um, you know, we're located in Astoria, Queens, and actually one of our um, one of our workers works at the hospital part time. And um, shout to Joanne, by the way. And um, she was like, it's so crazy over there. It's you know, it's 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 becoming unbearable and then you know we said what can we do what can we do and automatically the first thing that popped up is it sent some food over help out and um you know help the staff out so it started like that and actually it kept growing lisa because now what we're doing is um you know i also have a pizza shop and you know everybody loves pizza right so what we're doing now is now we're donating pies and and the people can also help us by um donating a pie and then whatever they, whatever pie they donate, we match the pie. So at the end of the day, per, for instance, last, yesterday we had somebody donate 19 pies. So today we're going to deliver 38 pies, and um, we're going out to five hospitals today in Queens. Today in Queens, um, today which, we're going which is to the epicenter. Which just for our listeners and our listeners around the around the country and around the world, the um, that's Queens where where Camillo is right now. And, and where he's ba- his home base is basically the epicenter of New York City, which is the epicenter of the United States. So go ahead. Correct. So so you so you got this matching pie program. How can people support that? Well, um, two things. They can even go to uh, sliceastoria.com. Then they could go to my page at DJ Kamel on Instagram. All the info's there. Um, we're actually going to Elmhurst Hospital today, which is one of one of the. Um, you know, most hospitals are under stress right now because they're getting hit crazy. You know, I grew up in Jackson Heights, Queens, which is right next to the Elmers. So I know the hospital very well. As a little kid, I was there getting checkups and all types of stuff. And, um, you know, they're going through it really bad. So today we're going to hit five, five hospitals. Elmers Hospital being one of them, Jamaica Hospital being one of them, uh, Columbia Presbyterian, Greenberg Pavilion, and um, NYU Winthrow, which is actually right there in, in the city, but it's close to Astoria, Queens. So. We're trying to do our part, Lisa. No, you do it. That 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 is fantastic. What you're doing, and it's um, you know, and the the one hospital that had so many deaths there, just 13 deaths in one day. It, it's it you know it's there's a there's the physical strain, Doctor Manny, on the on the workers on the frontline healthcare workers too. But I think it's no matter how professional you are, you're still a human being. It's got to be like an emotional stress too. Now, correct. So if you think about it on a on a typical day, right? Um, you know, doctors and 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 uh, you know nurses and every other health worker, the janitors and everyone else that works in a hospital setting, for example, you know, they have to show up. Now, they have the capacity, right? So so you have a lot more work with patients that are more sick. You're stressed. Everyone is stressed around it. It's not. You, there's nothing you could do to relax. It's you got to worry about equipment. Do you, are you going to have equipment? Correct. You have to worry about it. Do you have equipment or not? So burnout, even before coronavirus, was pretty high in healthcare. And so being able, you know, to, to, to have even pizza delivered, for example, right? Showing that someone cares. Just the basic idea of other people care. And we are here because we want you to live and want you to survive. So we're risking our lives. And that you do recognize that. And you bring in some nice, tasty pizza. And I'm 
sure um, definitely put smiles on faces. Definitely. Of course. No, Camilo, that, that's so fantastic. So people need to go to SliceHistoria.com or DJ Camilo's Instagram page, and you can do that right. match, matching pie program. Correct. And, you know, all of a sudden we had tons of people. How can I help? How can I help? Well, just, um, you know, you want to donate a pie, donate a pie, we'll match it. And at the end of the day, we'll do, we'll do the numbers. The next day, we're just going to go and ourselves and deliver, the, deliver these great pizza for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing is you, you could donate by being home. You could stay home and still donate. Right. right? And they can call, can <laughs> they call over, they can call the, call over the phone or whatever and give a credit card or they something? Can, they can call over the phone. The information's on my page at DJ Camelo on Instagram. It's actually two pizza shops. It's Slice Astoria and Slice LIC. So it's slicelic.com and slicehistoria.com, all the information there. And, um, you know, everybody loves pizza, and this is the best way to put some smiles in, in, in our nurses and doctors who are stressed right now, you know? Oh, my God. And th thank you to everybody. Thank you to the, to the hospital workers and medical workers. Maybe you could deliver some to the studio as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. We don't want to take them from the... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just leave it outside. This is, this is a rare. This is rare for Camillo in his lifetime to be up this early on a Sunday morning. But you know what? I've been up since four o'clock. We we're working every day. We might as well. No, but we don't want to take away from the uh, those that, that are on the real, real front lines. The the healthcare workers, Camillo. In terms of the, uh, but thank you for what you're doing and in the example that you're setting. It's just another part of, uh, you know, hip hop giving back too, and hip hop doing its part. We saw Rihanna give five million. You know, to, to uh, these organizations, uh, Governor Cuomo shouted her out and everything. And um, let me let me just ask you real quick about about uh, the, the international quarantine king because we call you the international club king because you travel <laughs> around the world giving parties to these rammed out clubs. And then now right. you're now you're in your living room. How are your neighbors dealing with that? <laughs> well, you know, my neighbors are cool. And actually, actually, what I did, you know, I went down to my basement which um, I don't get to do a lot. But, you know, what I did is I went on IG Live, and, you know, we had a big party. And, you know, we were on live DJing for two hours. I had a total of almost 30,000 people on my on wow. my IG, and I just played for two hours straight. It was so much fun because I was interacting with people. But the, the crazy part is the next day my DMs were so crazy. Like, everybody, oh, my God, I had so much fun. You got my mind out of, out of you know, all the stress. All I'm these headlines, we're stuck yeah. At home. We're stuck at home. We can't do nothing. We're partying with you. When are you going to do it again? When is the next live? When is the next party? And, you know, to be honest, we all got inspired by um, DJ D-Nice. Yeah, who was who on the show, who was on, Hot Night, who was on Street Soldiers yesterday, yeah. Who, who got on live last week, and he, you know, he inspired all of us to get on the live and just, you know, DJ and play great music for everybody at home. Right. No, that, that's fantastic. When, when is the next uh, DJ? DJ I'm I'm thinking either today I'll do something called call like the brunch. Like Sunday brunch. Okay, there you go. Sunday brunch, okay. you know. And maybe tomorrow, like only the cool kids party with Camelo on a Monday, you know. There, there you go. There you go. And keeping it, keeping it, uh, keeping it moving, and keeping us happy, and keeping those hospital workers fed. DJ Camelo, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Keep keep up all the great work. Thank you, Lisa. But these are th the things that we're, we're learning about ourselves, right? Yes. We we. we before, if you told someone that DJs could party, could throw a party on an Instagram Live or whatever, you, like on the platforms, you, you think it's crazy, right? right? You have exactly. To be out. So, but now it's a new norm, and it's fantastic because all these people they're like, "Oh, I, I can't go to clubs anymore. I'm not going to go to clubs anymore." They're like, they can watch in their home. They can have that whole experience. Let's take some 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 calls, Doctor Manny, while we got you here, and um, let's go to Tina right now. Tina, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hello. Hello, Tina. You're on the air. Go right ahead. 
Hi, um, so my question is, um, I'm a nurse. I actually just worked last night, so I need to get some sleep soon. But um, we have positive COVID patients, you know, confirmed positive, and we are being told that we don't need an N95 to care for them as long as we're not in direct contact with sputum or doing any aerosolizing treatment. So, of course, we're concerned for our health. It's a mother-baby unit, so they're relatively healthy, but we still feel we should have protection when they're confirmed positive. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Dr. Manny answer that. Go ahead. First of all, uh, you know, I want to thank you, you know, you, you know, for, for what you're doing, for what you're doing. Right. Me I, too. I, yes. I get, uh, thank I, get you. I appreciate it. I have my, my, my youngest sister, actually, um, she's going through uh, the DNP program uh, right now in Seattle and she's a nurse and, and she's in the forefront of this. And my mom lives, my mom is visiting her right now and she li- reaches out to me every single time about this whole concept about nurses and, and, and are they protected enough? Right. Uh, and very interestingly in her job, one of her jobs that she has in Seattle, they will not let them put on actually face masks to come in. It's a plastic surgeon's office. Do not let them do this. And so they're literally exposing them to like this high risk kind of environment, right? And this goes into the point of we do know that N95 masks are the best mask for, for coronavirus protection. But then they give you certain rules and, and, and things and say, well, because this patient is not this or is not airbound at this particular point or based on this right distance. So that's not a fair, that's not fair, right? Because then you're worried every single time. How do you take care of a patient and while you are scared of the, of the person because of the mask? Right. Right. So what is the best equipment out there? We all know it is the N95 mask. That's what everyone is using and that's what is the best. So I think, um, that should be there, and I think nurses should speak up, and we are here to support you, and you know, and get the word out to make sure right, you get the right and the, equipment. And the nurses' association has been speaking out, correct? You know, talking talking about because also too, don't they? They spend more time with patients than the actual doctors do, because the doctors are going going or making rounds and everything, right? Yes, I was actually training medicine by my nurses, right? So I think nurses, um, you know, at the forefront of this. Uh, no doctor will survive without your nurse, <laughs> right? So nurses are definitely the most important, play the most important role in medicine, right? And so we need to take care of them, and not only because of individual pay, uh, nurses, but what if they get sick? What happens when they get sick? Then they're out of work, and so we have more people coming and flooding the systems. We don't have these trained healthcare workers that are sacrificing um, their nights, right? I mean, the people that that slept well last night, and then you see we have a nurse like this that just coming home now and trying to sleep, right? right, And trying to catch up. So we need to protect them. Anyway, Dr. Manny, real quick. So just just to sum up, because we we still have callers, people asking in terms of essential workers who are not hospital workers, because hospital workers, we know they need it, the masks. Do you think we will have enough? Number one, do uh, do you think we will have enough masks? For and, and respirators and, and personal protective equipment and respirators for this crisis. Yes, I, I think we're, we're late in, um, in, make, in making the orders or late in the game, but I think uh, we are catching up. Uh, but the problem now is how much you pay for them because a lot of price gouging taking place now, right, um, around this uh, based on demand and supply. But I, I think the supply is necessarily out there. But another challenge is the fact that we have to import this from other countries. That we, As a country, we're not even equipped enough to actually have factories internally that could actually do this, right? And there are many people out of work today. Right? right, so I think um, you know, in American history in general, we, we, I mean, we've known that we're resilient people, right? And we was that ride to the, rise to the occasion, right? It was occasion. Now our backs are against the wall, and this is the time that has spurred innovation, and I think is a very new um, chapter in our country's history. And then, in terms, in terms of again, in terms of people pr- protecting themselves, our essential workers, our drivers, our grocery store clerks, our liquor store clerks, our you know, our commu- our 
transportation, our, our building security, all of the people, exterminators, everybody that has to do these basic functions in our society. You're saying you're saying now, yes, they should be wearing any type of mask is better than no mask at all. That is that right? Yes, I'm saying is don't be scared and terrified because all of us have to do this for us to survive as a society, right? So thank you for doing your, your work. Right. But we need you to be safe because we need you to be there, right? We need your families to be safe as well. So while you're doing what you were supposed to do and we thank you for that, please make sure you keep your hands clean and make sure you protect your nose and you don't put don't touch your don't don't take your hands and put on your face and then and then also the gloves so you wear gloves right and then for the people like the home attendant like the the man that that was home uh you know that was working with the children from home to home the, the autistic children with autism uh, going going into homes the night worker going into homes you're saying touch as, as few few services as possible Yes, right. Surfaces as possible, correct. And don't think, don't, don't worry. Even if you're not that person, and you go to the ATM and you go to, you know, you touch your screens or you, you know, uh, people's phones, chargers. Just make sure you are safe. Make sure you put on Purell or something or any kind of hand sanitizer. And then it's a Purell. It doesn't matter which one it is, right? As you put it in your hand, uh, wash your hands with soap. And we know that's very effective. And then just keep your hands away from your face. I know it's very hard. I keep trying to touch my nose right now even, right? <laughs> from your face <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we'll take out and delivery food. Microwave kills everything. So if you're super paranoid, you can nuke your food when you get it home. And that'll kill anything. But the bigger danger, you're saying, is the packaging. Is don't drag that packaging around the house or let the kids grab the bag and go up to, you know, or, or go out go wherever they're going to eat. Get rid of the packaging ASAP. Correct. The boxes, because we know it lives on a, on, a, on a virus, right? I mean, on the boxes. It doesn't mean on the cardboard. box is infected, correct? So cardboard or packaging, envelopes, mail. So make sure you could just pull out the mail, uh, but put on gloves around, or, or, or as soon as you open it up, make sure um, you clean your hands. All right, Dr. Manny Fumbo, I want to thank you very much for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. We really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. All right, thank you. And thank you to everybody here at Hot 97, Senior VP Programming, P. O'Farrow, our Vice President for Community Engagement and HR, uh, Patricia Robinson, my whole team here, Team Lisa here, Stax, DJ Stax holding me down, keeping us on the air, Anaya, um, Hot 97, Street Soldiers team keeping us up, and uh, thank you all very, very much. Everyone else behind the scenes here who's helped to make the show possible uh, for this Sunday. We'll be back with you again live next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Sunday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., and please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers Verified. We're posting, uh, I'm posting videos with updates for you almost daily, so thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace health, and love. This has been a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers, brought to you by Health First, insurance for New Yorkers.